0: Praise God. Well, uh, it seemed good just to share our heart on some things um, this morning, just concerning the church and and uh, where we've been, where we've go, where we're going. Um, this is our 13th anniversary. We just finished our 13th year. We're now coming into our 14th year, and I believe it will be our best year ever. This last year, although you know, there's been a lot of stuff in the world, I mean, especially this year that's going on. We, we have progressed over this last year in so many uh, areas as a congregation and a church, things that we were taking steps toward, you know, that we're now uh, walking in and, and doing. And, um, you know, just the fact that we're on, we have video, you know, every service. and That was something we were moving toward, but... You know, it it happened kind of quick when uh, everything shut down on a Monday. And so then we had the live stream up on Wednesday and and, uh, didn't know if we were going to do that temporarily. We had it, you know, in our heart to do it eventually. But, you know, it's like, how long is this thing going to last? But we decided, no, we're going to do it. We're going to make the commitment to keep doing it and to grow in that over time. And, you know, who knew? You know, back in April, nobody was thinking, yeah, in the end of September, you know, it'll still look like it does right now. Um, but thank God. Uh, but there's a number of things like that. Uh, the, the, the worship team has, um, you know, uh, different people have played. You know, Christina started taking over uh, the piano. And, you know, gardy has been playing the bass. And Julia Brianna was back here. Julia's been playing the bass. Of course, Andrew on the drums. Uh, just a number of things that, that have uh, just gotten in place that enables us. There. It's actually a platform for us to go further. But uh, I just wanted to. You know, so this year's been good, and uh, you know, just moving forward on on a number of things. You know, just real, just real briefly. Uh, you know, we haven't talked about some of the things, just what where we started, why we got going, where you know, why why are we out here in Andover? Just wanted to touch on that a little bit, and then go into some things and share a heart. But you know, some people, uh, especially online, probably even you know, haven't heard. Uh, some of um, some of those I don't. I guess stories but um, you'd say you know people ask us how did you end up in Andover you know we'll, we'll just be talking to somebody we're like we pastor a church out here how did you end up here you're from do you have like when we were going to move out here do you have family out here did, why what, what did you end up or how did you end up out here well uh, I try to make this part as short as possible because we can talk about that but you know Went to, um, I went to Rama in um, 2003 to 2006. We went, uh, I went to the second-year pastor's group and then the third-year pastor's group, which is more in-depth, small uh, class. They, they limited at that time to 20, 25 people, so they really had hands-on and can really um, go in-depth on things. So we took that. And during 2005 and 2006, we were just believing God for where our next steps would be. And at the end of 2005, I was taking a church planning class, and that was when we were in the second year RHEMA class. And uh, you know, never had really thought about starting a church. Uh, Maybe you take over one. We were open to whatever. We had done, you know, at RHEMA we had done music and children's, and you know, we'd helped out with you some before. Really, uh, had been in every area of the church. So we were like, we're willing to go do whatever, help wherever. You know, do whatever uh, God wanted us to do. But at the end of 2005, um, I, we, I was, we was in this church planning class and um, was just, you know, reading the material and stuff and thinking about planning a church just, you know, it, it related to the material, going, wow, you know, all this stuff involved. And then I was in uh, our extra bedroom praying then at night and I was just spending some time, and I had my eyes closed, and I was praying, and I, I saw a, a map of the United States, and over in the northeast, never been out to the northeast, never been in this area, but what I perceived as just north of Boston, I mean, I could tell you is just like in that area, in New England, there was just like a glow, and it was just like a light and a glow kind of in that whole, that, that area. And I was, you know, thinking, and, um, you know, after that I was like, well, you know, at that time my sister and brother-in-law, uh, they were living up in Vermont. I was like, well, maybe there's something, This I'm in Oklahoma at this time. I'm like, you know, maybe there's something up there. But it was like, no, and it really, it, it was impressed just in, that, in the Boston area, in the, this you know, just north of, of Boston, kind of like that area, that was the impression. And Boston had always intrigued me, this area, when I'd see it, on, you know, in, in literature, and someone would talk about it. I didn't know why. There was something just that would stir about it. People would talk about going out here, and I was, it would stir me. I remember a, um, one of our instructors, he was talking about, in, in a class, and I, I can't remember what class that was, it, it might have been even that class, but he was saying, you know, we can't, it's hard for us to get our graduates, talking about Raymond graduates, to go to the Northeast because it's cold up there. And I just remember inside, I was like, well, I'd go. I mean, if God told me to go, I'd go. But, you know, didn't think much of that. Um, but so there's this, this light. And so I'm like, I, I perceive this is around the Boston area. So I, I just started looking things up about Boston and things. And just for a few days, didn't, tell, didn't say anything to Shelley. Just started looking things up. And uh, about this area, I didn't know exactly where, didn't know the area at all. Like I said, never been out here. And after a few days, I just was like, you know, I don't know. It just seems like there's something stirring, but I'm not saying thus sayeth the Lord. I'm not saying anything. This is about May of 2005, near the end of our second year. And Shelly, I told Shelly, finally I was like, I'll just, you know, mention something to her. I said, Shelly, I'm not saying thus says the Lord or anything. But this just seemed, I told her what happened. Just like, there's a stirring kind of around the Boston area. What do you think about Boston? Like, And and just, you know, it seems like something about planning a church or something there, but like I said, I'm not saying it's God or anything. I'm just saying, what do you think? And she said, no way. (laughs) I said, well, we just shelve it. You know, we're not, and the more then we just went, because you have to be in agreement as a husband and wife. If you ever make a big decision and you just, you know, I don't care. You know, husband, if you think you're the head of the house, the Bible does teach that, but it doesn't say you're a dictator. And doesn't say, you, you go to your wife and say, we will do this, period. If you do that and your wife's not on board, you're a fool. You're stupid. You know, that's, got, that's not going to go well. So I just, we just shelved it, and like I said, we just, we're going to keep praying and everything. And skip through that, uh, that summer, it was just hard to pray. The more we thought about it and thought about different things, it was just like, what are we going to do? We don't want to be staying in Oklahoma when we're all done, but we want to move on. But it was just like trudging. Well, we got to the fall and got back in school, so this is my last year, my third year uh, in, in Raymond. And we're like, you know, thinking about, well, what are we going to do? And uh, so there was one night then in the fall, and this is in uh, you know, October, and uh, we went to bed. We, we had, it was a Friday night, and what I would do, I, I was working out of my house as a software engineer, uh, doing consulting work, and so I would go to Raymond in the mornings during the week, and then I would come home, and I would uh, work on my, in my office from my home. And then on Saturday mornings, at least, I would also work, and then we'd go to church on Sunday. So we, had, we were uh, talking on Friday night, and uh, then I went to bed, and Shelly stayed up. I found that out later, so I just went to bed Friday night. That's all I knew. And I get up, I get up before everybody else, you know, and I go out to my office to um, to work. And when I pull up my computer, there is all this, there's Google Maps, there's all these searches, there's houses and listings and everything, and it's all in Andover, Massachusetts. And I, and then I went to Shelly, and she got up, I said, what is this? And... Uh, She said, well, I was praying after you went to bed last night. I'm just praying in the spirit. And she said, and the word Andover came up. And I said, I just thought, my first thought was, is there an Andover near Boston in that area? And so she looked it up, and sure enough, it, it was right there. And I told her, I said, that's like in the middle, right in the area that I was seeing that glow. And I said, but I know enough. To know if this is God, then it will get stronger and it will keep going. If it's just us, if it's just something we're making up, then it will subside. and Because I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm not going to say, oh, God told us. Because this is a life-altering decision. We're talking about I'm from Nebraska. Shelly grew up in California and Missouri. We're in Oklahoma. We're going to move to the East Coast where we know nobody and start a church, potentially. We're going to pray it out. But you don't just say, oh, we're going to do that. So we didn't, I said, we're not going to tell anybody. We're just going to pray, and we're going to sit on it. And so that's what we did. And the more, and I have in my, you know, kept the journal some then, I wrote in it. I mean, when I went to school then, this was on Friday, when I went to school, I was just like, we're looking at the house prices from going to Oklahoma to the East Coast, and I was like, I how, we, how are we going to do that? How are we going to pay for all these things? I don't, And just like kind of reeling. But I had a sense of that, and so we just sat on it. But it just didn't go away, and it stayed, and it got stronger. And so through December and then into January, we're like, you know, we mentioned it to our family when we were home Uh, in Christmas, going, this may, you know, we're thinking about some things, because what we didn't want to do is go visit them, and then go back, and then make the decision, and then after we were there, you know, call them up and say, hey, this happened, but we, it was still processing with us, and so we, we mentioned some stuff that, you know, we're impressed with this, but into January, we're just processing, and it just, it was just got stronger, and so we, we finally said, all right, look, either we're crazy, or this is God. And so we said we're going to take a trip out there, and so we did in in January, January, you know, twenty sixth, twenty seventh, around and there, and we packed up our two kids. Brianna was four, Andrew was two, and we came out here, and did an exploratory, and just 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 um, just got a sense of the area, what's going on on the inside, and. Um, that's what we did, and we just got a sense, and there just seemed to be a peace in Andover, because there's a north Andover, and there's Andover, and we're like, no, but there's something in Andover. It just seems like there's something here, and in this area. It was more, as we were going, it's just a, it's a region, not just specifically just Andover. But, uh, and I should say this, you know, when we were talking about making that decision, see, I had something, but then Shelley had a confirmation in something, and it was both, they were supernatural but it, it was both of us coming together. She had something later. It wasn't me telling her what to do. It wasn't her telling me what to do, and we agreed. And so when we were out here then, it was just, it just seems good. I can't see anything. I don't know a soul, but it seems good. There's an excitement. So we, we started telling people and making the, 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 the logistics, the, the plans to come out here. But uh, there wasn't any, at that point, you know, there wasn't any writing in the sky or whatever we had had these things happen and we've had them over time and Brother Hagen used to say if you have something supernatural happen just be careful there's rough sailing ahead if you have something that is exact and you have words it's not like you may think oh I got a word that means it could be tough that means there's stuff that's gonna keep you steady through Uh, and we've had these over over a long time so we moved out here in 2006 and um, That was 14 years ago, and we actually opened the doors to the church um, in 2007, September 16th, 2007, was the first service. Now, I want to share some things that, you know, the vision really hasn't changed, but we've sharpened it and clarified it. And uh, I want to go over some of that this morning and just... Just, uh, just share our heart with you on some of these things. At, as we get into that, I just want to show you a few pictures so you, you kind of have in your head. You know, some of you have heard us refer to the different churches. This isn't like a long slideshow. This is just a couple pictures, mostly of buildings and stuff. When we refer to Ballard Vale, where we started with Ballard Vale and Andover, there was a little building there um, that was a, it was a big house, really. All the upper floors were apartments, and then the lower floor was, lower floor was commercial. We started there, then we eventually moved to this building with part of the square footage we have now, and then we took over the rest. Uh, Julia, can you put up the, the first picture of that, that house? I understand online you can't see it as well. You know, that'll, that'll be more and more in the future. You'll be able to see that better, and they'll have the slides and everything. But for now, hopefully you can see this okay. Um, but anyway, that was our little A-frame uh, stand out in front. That's all we could do, because this is in a historic district. So we had to go through, through the, uh, before the Historic Society Board, to get this sign approved. And we could put it out just on Sunday mornings, and that's it. That's all we could do. We couldn't put it on the, the house or anything, but it, you know, it had, we at least had that, so we were thankful. You can go to the next one. That's, that's the way the church looked on the inside. We didn't have any sound system, anything. It was just, there's speakers on that keyboard. You've seen that lectern, it's not really a pulpit, a lectern, we use it in the fellowship hall, that was that. You go to the next one, and will show it from the opposite view. That's going, this was like 1,100 square feet, so that's a lift over there in the right, so that took up space, that's for, you know, wheelchairs and stuff. had a few chairs here, you can see, you, you won't be able to see this online, but you know, there's bulletins and some things there, little uh, counter over to the left there. What's the next one, Julia? Does it go to the next building? Okay, so then, we were there for like three years, and we came here. In this building, we had actually been in this building when we visited in 2006. We actually came into this building, didn't realize we would ever be here, didn't have a word from the Lord or anything, but we were here. We had 2,000 square foot in this building. And it actually, what you're going to see, like where that is, that was actually back here in this building. The the sanctuary came right across the front of this. And so that uh, that was the kids. That must have been 2010, I guess, 2010-ish, because that's when we moved in. You go to the next one. This I think this just shows when that was full. So that was like I said, that door over there was like back here, so it came right across this area. Yeah, you won't be able to see all my others, Nick. I see Knowles in the back there. There's Mom. Rebecca's right here in the front. There's Andrew over there. I know it's hard to see online, but um, we will have the ability. We'll have you know on slides and all that stuff and have a different camera system at some point, but right now, just here. Go to the next one. This is up front. Uh, this was a Christmas, little Christmas program, so a lot of the kids are there singing up front. You can see the Bose system, that, that long column on the right, that's what is in the Fellowship Hall. It used to be our sound system on the front. It's actually pretty loud for everything. It can fill that room pretty easy and the keyboard, that's all we had. No band, but we always said, we're gonna have a band. We'll have all that, we're going to. So when we negotiated the lease on this thing, we were like, look, we're gonna make noise. We need to have that built into the lease because it is gonna be loud. We know that's where we're going. Next one. This is then when we uh, start. we renovated this whole third floor or most of the third floor is what we have. Um, but this is when they were starting to do that. This is looking to the right there is the front. this front wall. That wall over there is, is that way. This is when they're getting everything built. Can you go to the next one? So this is, this is the stage over here. So this is like from the back corner there. You can see the columns being built, and then uh, you can see the back rooms there, and then the fellowship hall over to the right. Can you go to the next one? Now this is when they're drywalling from the back, starting to put everything in. Go to the next one. Uh, that, and that's when they put the carpet in. They had the sound, so these speakers used to be lower, but we had them raised. You go to the next one. And then this is when that that room was finished. So that's from the back corner, looking out with additional chairs because we didn't have to take them out for COVID or anything that... <laughs> you know, when you see a crowd these days, it's like, wow, that looks so not right now. And that's not, that's not a good thing, but we'll get back. Um, So yeah, there's no screens or anything, that that came later. I think there was just one more on here that just had the kids playing. This is 2016, I think, when the kids were playing for Christmas. That was the first time they played together in church. Christina's on the keys, and uh, Julia's playing the electric guitar, Brianna was playing the acoustic, and they were playing, what child is this, I think, for the Christmas Eve service, and then Andrew was on the drums. Andrew was a whole lot shorter (laughs) then. That next year. He grew—I don't know how many inches, like five inches. So I remember we had a guest speaker then come for our 10th anniversary. He's like, "What are you feeding him?" Because <laughs> he just shot up. He was so so much smaller then. Anyway, just wanted to show you this. So those are when when you that gives you a visual when we're referring to some of these things. Um, just i would show you a few slides, not a whole slide show. But th- those are the those are where we came from. Some of that. But I want to read you. We'll put this up. I'm going to go through briefly, um, you know, just kind of the, the sharpened, uh, you know, vision, and, and what's on the website, it's on the website now, and just kind of the about us goes through a few things, I just want to read you some of that, and we'll put it up, but I want to read you, um, we'll put up the vision part, but I'll just read you kind of the, some of the, you know, when we talk about who we are, and read you this, and then we'll go into the, the bullets there. You know, when we, put, when we say sharing the goodness of God, that encompasses so much. And you'll see that. I mean, the gospel is God. God is good. Most, a lot of people don't know that God's good. They don't know that he's a God of love and a, a good God. But that, that encompasses so much. You know, that's just something that is a, a line that allows us to convey that in a nutshell. But I want to read you just something that, that we have just on the, in the who we are. It says, Andover Christian Center is a non-denominational, spirit-filled Christian church in Andover, Massachusetts. We are reaching eastern Massachusetts and southern New Hampshire with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We believe God is good. We believe He is a God of love, mercy, peace, abundance, and healing. We believe God desires every person to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus and that He wants us to grow in His word and in His will for our lives. We believe God's power and presence are available to us today. Through Him, we can overcome any challenge or circumstance. He loves every person and wants the best for each one. Now, two scriptures that I had specifically, as we you know kind of put up some of these uh, statements, but two scriptures that we had specifically back in 2005, before we ever knew we were coming here, are Colossians 1, 27 through 29, and then 1 Corinthians 2, 1. Let's look at those and we'll, we'll refer to them more. But can you put up uh, Colossians 1, 27, Julia? We'll read this, but we'll refer to them. It says, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this minis- mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, it's the Lord Jesus Christ in us that makes everything that we have uh, from God available to us. Verse 28, Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Verse 29, To this end I also labor, striving according to His working, which works in me mightily. So Christ in us, and that's who we're preaching. And we're going to go back to that. And then 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1, and this section of Scripture, it says, And I, brethren, did, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. We've been talking about wisdom on Sundays. This means the wisdom of people. We're not coming to, Paul saying, I'm not coming to you with my own wisdom. I'm not coming to you with slick ideas. He said, I did not come to you with excellence of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Verse 3, I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And those two scriptures together were really what our thrust is. And you can see that throughout the time, but we're sharpening that. And just, you'll, you'll see this throughout. We preach Jesus, what He's done, who He is in us, and that He is the truth. And it's in the power of God. It's in the demonstration of His Spirit. It's not just in men's ideas. So let's look up these statements, and I'm just going to spend a little bit of time touching on each one. Can you put up that first slide? So this, these are the bullets that are on our website. These are what we see when we talk about this church, what we've been called here to plant, and what is growing, and it's been over time. What what do we see as a congregation here? What does it look like for us? Number one, honors God. So this this can preface with this this way on the, the um on the website. Andover Christian Center is a congregation that, and then these statements. Honors God and puts him first place in our lives, including in our time, our families our relationships, our professions, and our finances. I'm just going to read through these, and we'll come back, and I want to dive into it. Go to the next one, and we'll just, then we'll come back to one. Is reaching eastern Massachusetts and southern New Hampshire with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Go to the next one. Preaches the uncompromised word of God with an emphasis on faith, being led by the Holy Spirit and the believer's identity in Christ. Next one has the supernatural power of God operating in our services and in our individual lives. Next one, worships God from our hearts, marked by the presence of the Holy Spirit and excellence in musicianship. Next one, and this is the last one, has vibrant children's and youth ministries that equip young people to live for God. Just want to say you guys are doing awesome on the front row. Thumbs up. You got some kids on the front row, they just being great. You guys are doing a good job. Has vibrant children's and youth ministries that equip young people to live for God. Now let's go back to the first one. We're a congregation, Andover Christian Center. You know, the gospel of Jesus Christ is universal to everybody in the world. But not everybody is called to go everywhere in the world. It's impossible. So, what does that mean? We got to know what God is telling us to do. And we'll talk about that more in a minute. But number one, honors God and puts him first place in our life, lives, including in our time, families, relationships, professions, and finances. First Samuel 2, verse 30. First Samuel 2, verse 30. It says, well, the last part of that, those who honor me, I will honor. Those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. God says, if you honor me, I'll honor you. God is first place in the world, in the universe. There is nothing above him. We've been talking about it on Wednesdays, or I mean on Sundays. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's also the beginning of life here on the earth. Can you put up Proverbs 14, 26? We'll come back to Matthew 22. Proverbs 14, 26 says, the fe- In the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence, and his children and his children will have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. God is first place, not second, not third, not fifteenth. He is first. People have dumbed down the gospel so much in our day and age. It's not about honoring God. It's like, what, what helps me and what, what do I like? And they act like they're in a shopping experience. Like they're just going to go and shop for a church. That is not Godly, that's not biblical. We we go to where God would have us go and hook up with him and honor him first place. Matthew 22:37, Jesus said to them, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind." Loving him first and foremost. And so, can you put up that other slide? The honors God, the, the vision slide. Honors God and puts Him first place in our lives, including in our time. What we do with our time. Our time, it, it, it affects everything. Somebody say, I don't have time for such such. No, there's no such thing as not having time. It's what do we put first. Okay. Then everything else falls behind that. God's first. In our time... In our families, what do we do? What 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 is our? How does our family look? Well, we put God first. So many people have put their family, their kids' desires, or other desires related to family, their sports or whatever. There's nothing wrong with sports, but it can't be ahead of God. If we start serving the stuff and serving activities or serving serving any part, uh, you know, of our lives more than God's stuff, will get out of whack. Uh, Our families, our relationships, we live godly relationships, professions, in our professions and in our finances. So we could preach the whole, we could preach a series on this. I'm just flying over this. Just what is our heart on these things? Our professions, what we do, we're all called to do something different. We're to be healthy and balanced in what we do, but we all need to be in the place God has called us to be and be engaged and all in there. Not everybody's called to be a preacher. Not everybody's called to be an engineer. Not everybody's called to be a business owner. Not everybody's called to be, you know, a teacher or something. We need to know what are we supposed to do but be balanced in it, honoring God in it. That means we honor God first, and then we come into our profession, and that's a part of our lives. We shine the light of the gospel. Our heart is for the church to be healthy and balanced. That means they're not here 50 hours a week trying to volunteer and burning themselves out, and then or they're just at work all the time and can't spend time with their family, that we approach God first, put Him first, but it will promote balance and a, a, a health in our lives. In our finances, we put Him first. We, we preach a series about that. But the church is not a charity. The church is not something you just give to like, oh, well, we'll help out. The church is the the body of the Lord Jesus Christ on the earth, getting His work done. And so when we put the God first place in our finances, we are hooking up with Him, what we're called to do in our life, and then what's the body that we're hooked up with, the congregation, and then we're saying, God, I want to be part of that and do your work on the earth. Our congregation is strong in these things, and that's where we see, that's our always been our heart. That we're balanced, that we're putting God first, that we're doing what He said to do. Next one, we're reaching eastern Massachusetts and southern New Hampshire with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mark 16, 15 says, He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Well, that's the body of Christ. That's that's what the commission is to the whole body of Christ. That doesn't mean every person is going to go into all the world. It's impossible to do that. You can't reach 8 billion plus people with you. That's just no way. You got to hook up with something and you got to be where where's your station? Where's our station? Well, we're called here. That that part when we when you know, that doesn't mean we don't reach beyond this. We have online services. We support missionaries. You have a reach beyond this. But where are you primarily called? Boots on the ground, you know, face-to-face. The Eastern Massachusetts and up in New Hampshire, and that's really what we reach at this point. If you look at the congregation, it, it's, there's people that are from that area. Now, like I said, we're online, and we'll see that growing. There'll be more things that we'll talk about that will reach in that area, and it will reach beyond. But you're going to reach some of that, but at this point. That doesn't mean that's for all time, but that means that's the focus now. That's the focus, too, and and that means that's a lot of people. You know how many people are just in the counties? when You talk about Essex and Middlesex in Massachusetts, and then the four counties, southern counties in New Hampshire. That's almost 3.5 million people or about 3.5 million people, just that. That that's a lot of people. Well, that's a lot of harvest. A lot of a lot of people that, that can be reached with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that goes on Colossians one verse twenty seven one of those main scriptures that we talked about, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, we're preaching the gospel. The gospel includes so much, and we'll touch on that. It includes, I mean, if you know, you need to just. we need to understand what the gospel includes. You could put a lot of stuff extra on that statement. You know, we're reaching um, this area with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, it's understanding what that means. That includes healing. That includes peace. That includes joy. That includes abundance. That includes all your needs being met. That includes supernatural power of God. The gospel is the power of God. It is the wisdom of God. Anything we need is in that. In Christ in you, the hope of glory, Him we preach, warning every man or telling every man or admonishing every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect, in Christ Jesus, or mature, growing people up. You got; they have to hear, but they got to be grown up. We all have to come. We all should be growing higher and closer to God. It says, "To this end, we also labor, striving according to His working, which works in me mightily." So we're working online, locally. We support missionaries that do more work. We support Rama, that goes around the world. You know, at this point, they have a worldwide. Uh, Ministry. They support schools around the world. They support missionaries around the world. We support specific missionaries in other countries. So we aren't going. We're not called to go, but we can send people that go. But then we have our place. Amen. And this is our place. This is what God has called us to do. And let me say this. We need to, every person needs to know what they're called to do in life. We talked about profession, but also in the body of Christ and need need to know where they're hooked up, where they should be hooked up. And there is only one place at any given time. There's not five. There's one. At any given time in your life, it might change over time, but at any one place, any time, there is one place you need to hook up. God has a place for you. And let me say this that the work of God will be done, what He has ordained to be done, it will be done. It's just a matter of if we'll be involved in it. In other words, if we're called to be in a certain place helping, that will go regardless. What God ordains will happen. It's just, are we going to be part of it? Because God's work will be done in the earth. And we get to heaven, we want to know, I was where you wanted me to be. I was available. Sir, yes, sir. I was in my place. I did my part. We don't want to be missing in action. Amen. And so we need to know that from our heart. God, what do you want us to do? We can't do everything. Nobody can do everything. And we're not going to try to do everything. As we step into more and more things, we're not going to do everything. We're going to focus on what God has given us to do. And we are at a place, there's been, there's just, uh, And we've been out here for 14 years, 13 years at a, as a church. There's just a lot of uh, groundwork laid. And we're putting, we've been putting things in place and continue. There's things that, that, that uh, God has for us as we move forward that, that you, can't, you can't just do things out of order. You can't do things at the wrong time. Let's go to the next thing here. preaches the uncompromised Word of God with an emphasis on faith, being led by the Holy Spirit, and the believer's identity in Christ. So we preach the uncompromised Word of God. Not men's ideas, not a slick package, not what people have come up in 2020, or what pe- people think now are, is culturally or politically correct to say, we, we're going to preach the word of God and not compromise in the word of God. God's word never goes out of style. It's never wrong. John eight twenty eight thirty one says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believe in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Not somebody's idea. Not somebody's thesis. Not somebody's theory but the truth will set you free. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 says, All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Do we want to be thoroughly equipped for what God has called us to do? Then we need every part of the Word. We need the whole Word of God, and we don't need to change that because somebody thinks it's out of style. The Word of God's true, and it'll be true for all time. When the dust settles, everybody's going to acknowledge it was true. People that, don't, that deny Jesus, they're going to say, oh, well, He was the Christ, and they will be bowing the knee. We're going to preach, and we do preach, the uncompromised Word of God. Not trying to package things for people so that it appeals to people, not trying to water anything down or dumb it down, but the truth. If the church doesn't preach the truth, where do you go to get the truth? So you're going to have some other ministry that they preach the truth, but if you go to your local church, well, you know, we got to make it so that everybody it appeals. No, we got to preach the truth. You want a strong company of believers that's reaching out, but reaching out in what? Reaching out and then bringing people up in the truth. Not some razor-thin thing that you're going to try to reach people, but then there's no depth there. That's not going to help marriages. That's not going to help families. That's not going to help when the pressure is on and the rubbers is meeting the road. That's not going to help. That's not, there's no depth. You're going to have to go someplace else. There's supposed to be the church. Preaches the uncompromised word of God with an emphasis on faith, being led by the Holy Spirit and the believer's identity in Christ. See, there, is, there, there are different parts of the body of Christ and we're commissioned and called to do different things. It's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, but we have the DNA of Rhema in us. Not saying we're better, we're worse. But that's where God called us To be trained, that's what we've come up in. There is an emphasis, a part of the body of Christ, that we have. I'm talking about Rhema family and and the word of faith and what we bring, that we have truth, that we're accountable for, and that we have to give, and that's part of what we emphasize. It doesn't mean you put uh, other parts of the word away. It means that you're specifically called to emphasize part of that and there's going to be an anointing on that. We need to know who we are and we need to know what we're called to and not try to be everybody else. There's certain areas of the body of Christ, they're very gifted and good at certain things. If they try to be, you know, everybody for a while, uh, now I'm just going to skip that. You can't be somebody else, okay? Just don't want to get sidetracked on my point. You know, somebody sees some. everybody should do that in that area. Let's be like them. And then they see, let's be like, no, you can't do that. You're going to be a watered-down version of the people that are called to do certain things. And you're going to be thin. No, we can't do that. We need to know what we know. If we can walk in what God's given us, we're going to be strong and secure and um, be doing everything he wants us to do. So the emphasis on faith, faith. Uh, Hebrews 11, verse 6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please Him. He who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. The way you come to God is through faith. The way you're born again is through faith. The way you're going to grow is through faith. The way you're going to be healed is through faith. The way you're going to walk in abundance, God's way, is through faith. So faith is not a side gospel, but it is interwoven into the Bible, and we've been taught faith, and part of Brother Hagan's commission was to teach my people faith, and we're part of that commission going on today. Being led by the Holy Spirit is part of our emphasis. If you know the mind of God and the heart of God for what you're supposed to do, you're way ahead of the game. And that's something that's just lacking so many times. People do not they are looking for fleeces or they're looking for ideas or maybe God will tell me this, that. Don't understand how to be led by the Spirit of God. That's something that's in our heart and our DNA to help people walk in the, the plan of God for them. The believer's identity in, in Christ, the, the, the fact that we're Christ, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's Jesus. And that statement right there, who we are in Christ, the believer's authority, The fact that through Him we are healed, that we can have joy, that we can have peace, that we can have abundance, that we can be led, that's because of who we are in Him. And this is an emphasis uh, that we have, and that goes right um, when we read 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1. Or actually... um, 4 and 5, if you could put up 1 Corinthians 2, 4 and 5. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And then Colossians 1, again. If you can skip down. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, who is Christ in you, the hope of glory, the, ident- the believer's identity in Christ. All right, the next slide on the, the vision. The su- has the supernatural power. Has the, we are a congregation, Andover Christian Center is a congregation, who has the supernatural power of God operating in our services and in our individual lives. Again, this is part of what we've been given. The power of God in demonstration is part of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We just read in 1 Corinthians four, 2, verse 4, My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of power. You put that up, First Corinthians 2, verse 4. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The power of God is the anointing of God. The power of God is what changes us. The power of God is what teaches you and helps you. The power of God can change your body. The power of God can change your marriage. The power of God can change your relationships. It can change your finances. But it's supernatural. It's not just human ideas. 1 Corinthians uh, 4, verse 20 says, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. It's not in word, but in power. Mark 16, verse 17, after Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. In verse 17, he said, These signs will follow those who believe. And then he said, In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them, they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. And then in the next verse, verse 19, it says, So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God, and they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. That's part of our commission. That's part of the gospel. That's part of what people in decades past called the full gospel. Well, that may be a dated term now, but it's still loaded. When you say the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we say that earlier in the statements, we're saying it's the full gospel. It's everything that Jesus has bought and paid for. When we say the goodness of God, that's a way that people can understand, but God is good in every way. Jesus died for you. Jesus died for you to be healed. His stripes were so you could be healed. He wants you to have an abundance. He wants you to have a, a good uh, marriage, a good family, good relationships, prosper on the job. He's a good God. He's not looking to knock you down. He's not looking to call you out. He is there to help you. That encompasses Those statements encompass all this. And we won't back off Preaching and teaching the power of God. We've seen it demonstrated in our services. We will see it more and more. We're in a different time in this world. Okay, let's go to the next one. We'll, we'll wrap these up. Julia uh, worships God. Worships God from our hearts, marked by the presence of the Holy Spirit and excellence in musicianship. Our heart, if, when we're talking about worshiping God, we're not just talking about in our services but we're worshiping from our heart that it is anointed. That means that the Holy Spirit is working in it. In other words, it's more than just singing. It's more than just going through the motions. It's more than just slick music. You can have slick music, and nothing wrong with that, because we say we want excellence in musicianship, but I'd rather have the anointing of God than excellent musicianship. But that doesn't mean you can't have excellent musicianship. Our heart is to flow in Praise and worship of Him, true, from our heart, not just speaking words, but worshiping in spirit. We may, it may come out of our mouth, but it is worship to God and excellent music is good. Excellent means as good as you can do, as well as you can do. That doesn't mean you have to be the best in the world. It means doing the best with what you have and setting a path that you're going to do it well. You're setting a bar. That doesn't mean you have to be professional or the best because then you set a possible standard and you never get there. But, whatever, you know, we didn't used to have drums. We didn't have a bass. We just had a a keyboard. We didn't have a sound system. We didn't have a mic. But where we started was a keyboard with speakers and, and, you know, Shelly just singing a cappella. Well, you didn't really need much of a sound system. There wasn't a lot of people there. They could all hear. But that wasn't, that, that, that wasn't where we were going. We always said, we'll have a band, we'll add, and we'll add more. You know, we're going to have electric guitars. But I'd rather do what we can do in excellence. I'd rather have a three-piece band and do it well every single Sunday than have a full band and then a piano because, you know, people couldn't serve. You know, it, it's, it's, it's what do we can we do consistently and keep doing that in excellence. A couple of scriptures, John 4.23 says, the, power, the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. First Corinthians 14.15 says, I will pray with the Spirit... And I will also pray with understanding. I will sing with the spirit, and also sing with understanding. That means we're going to praise and worship God, and and under the unction of the Holy Spirit, and let Him anoint what we're doing, and flow with Him in English. We'll flow with Him in tongues from in the middle of worship, if it's appropriate. The Bible says that we're not going to back off of that because there are sometimes you hit a point where. You've said all you can in English, and deep cries to deep or calls to deep, and you're praying out things in tongues. Okay, we're not going to back off of that. But that's just part of worshiping God in spirit and in truth. Do it as well as we can. Excellent, set the bar as high as we can. Musicianship, uh, vocally, with harmonies. We'll have vocal harmonies and and things like that, but it's one step at a time but do what we can in excellence at each step. And then the last one, but certainly not least, can you put up the last slide, Julia? Has vibrant children's and youth ministries that equip young people to live for God. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Training up children in the things of God is one of the most important things we can do. They have their whole lives ahead of them to accomplish God's will. You know, people, adults, as they grow up, if they don't know God, it gets harder and harder to reach them. It's just a fact. Percentage-wise, you know, it, it just dwindles as people get older. We want to reach those people, but if we can take our young people and instill such a heart for God and the things of God that nothing will move them as they grow up. You know, so many kids, they, they're in churches, they don't, they don't teach them anything about the Word of God. My daughter's at Ramah, and they've had actually changed their curriculum and, and spread it out because what, what people used to know coming in to Ramah, they don't know anymore. In other words, they haven't heard certain Bible stories, they haven't heard... Uh, certain teaching. So when they refer to David and Goliath, people don't know what they're talking about. When they refer to certain ideas, they don't know. So they've had to wait a minute, we have to teach some of that. Well, the church is supposed to do that. The kids ought to know. So when we train them up in the way that they should go, they're going to stay on and whether they come into a college that's trying to you know, bombard them with ideas, their heart is secure and strong and they'll go through it and, and be a light and not get pushed off. Deuteronomy 6, verse 6 says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. In other words, this is the lifestyle. We include our kids in it to bring them with, to do it in such a way that they can hook up. Now, we don't cater to them. Okay, This day and age, it's like catering everything to the kids so that they can't... Uh, they can't handle anything. They, they, they're used to, you know, people will say, well, their attention span just isn't so long. That's because we haven't taught them. So now if we dumb it down to where we just say, well, we can't teach them because their attention span isn't so long, well, where's that gonna go? They're not gonna ha- they're not gonna be able to look at anything for 10 seconds. And what we're just gonna have 10-second blurbs. No, we want to we want to train, that's part of training a child. And so we have a high bar for them. Bring them up and set them on the right path. Second Timothy 3:14 says. You must, this is Paul writing to Timothy, you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from your childhood, Paul talking to Timothy, you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. Paul saying to Timothy, you've actually known the scriptures from the time you were a child. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Amen. God is faithful. God is a good God. God has great things for each person. We are stepping into, and we are, in a different time, if you haven't noticed. Again, we need to know what we believe, why we believe it. We need to be lights for God. We need to be solid in what He has told us, not flinching, like what we were talking about last Sunday, not flinching, not cowering, not backing off, not belligerent either. You don't get in people's face, but you be a light. We know what we're called to do. We know who we are in Christ. We know our authority. We know to believe God. We know how to be led by Him. The truth. The truth will make us free. Amen? Praise God.